Hey, Sean. Yes, sir. Have you ever bought paint? Um, not really. Like I've I've had no need to buy paint, but I have okay. bought paint. Okay, so when you go to the paint area of a store, and you know how they have like the colored chips, and you can go to the person and say, "Hello, sir, I would like this color paint." Right? Yes. Yes, I'm, so I'm aware. We were painting our bedroom. And we need to get some paint for one of the walls there. We went to uh, Canadian Tire, first mistake. Uh, and we yeah, why got, didn't you go to like a Home Depot or a Lowe's? Uh, well, because the only other hardware store was closed on Sunday. So we just wanted to get it over with. So anyways, we found a color paint there that we thought would work very well. And we get it mixed up. All like the guy mixes the paint and all and that stuff. And I look at it and it is green. The color that we had on the paint chip was gray. <laughs> and I was like, how is this even possible? And the guy's like, oh, maybe it's going to, maybe it'll dry gray. And like, this sir looks like it's comes straight from a forest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not uh, going to be all mixed up and come out completely different than what you would expect. This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, Yes, yes, welcome indeed to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, me and David. Me and me. Me and me. Dude, I got I gotta tell you right now, the those lousy smarch days, oof. We're 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 in the slog of it, dude. It was wow. like you you remember my story last week of how it was like a blizzard and then it was shorts weather. We yeah. we've gone through five days this week and every day has been a completely different fucking season. I'm talking snowstorm again. I'm talking hailstorm. I'm talking warm day. I'm talking rainstorm day. Like, come on. Yeah, that's the time of year, right? Mother Nature just doesn't know what uh, she wants to do. We had uh, snow again. (laughs) Our our summer lasted about uh, 32 hours. So what's it like still living in the the tundra? It's it's warmed up again. All the snow kind of melted well, all like the freshly fallen snow has uh, since melted. Um, I can see the road. Nice. The uh, end of the driveway. I learned that there is a sidewalk there as well. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. Yeah, oh, I guess it, you moved up there and there wouldn't have been a sidewalk when you got there. No. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I'm like learning. That it's like, oh, there's a sidewalk on that road. There's a sidewalk on that road. There's a turning lane here. Yeah. No, well, it's 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 starting to warm up a bit, but I would say we our weather up here isn't as smartful as it is down in southwestern Ontario. Like I've uh, I've been anxiously watching the large pile of snow in the parking lot across the street slowly turn black, and it melts away, and it's it, re- really nice to see. But like watching it from seventeen floors up is depressing as fuck. <laughs> like yeah um, like we're behind a shopping mall and there's like two very large masses of snow and the one's been kind of like 
I don't know if the plow guys were just having fun doing it, but they built like little coves in it and people like park their cars and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause like watching it slowly, like change, it's like you, you remember in cartoons when they would try and show time lapses by having an apple turn Brown. It's watching this in real life with snow, but it's turning black and Brown. And it's just well, yeah, so it's depressing. It's all, the, it's all the sand and crap that's in there, right? That somehow the got thing to the is, top. <laughs> well, yeah, right? The thing is, is they have to move that around. Otherwise, it just doesn't fully melt. Like, yeah. That creates a protective barrier of the snow underneath it. I, I'm assuming the the inside is still like a block of ice. Probably. That's it. It's, uh, it's crazy to look at, crazy to think about, but it's just uh, it's just the way the world works, I guess, eh? Mm-hmm. We actually had a uh, a severe rain warning the other day, Ooh. Uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, we didn't get rain; it did end up snowing. <laughs> but you know, you're I I I think the smarch weather is worse where you are because of the proximity you are to the lakes and everything like that. So you get all the the uh, air f- flow stuff. I'm part of the green belt, so yeah, it sucks. <laughs> right? From the lakes, but we're above, like, we're in lakey area. Like, there's a lot of smaller lakes around us, but nothing, like, no huge, massive, large bodies of water, so to speak, um, that is above us. So we get all the crap from, like, the prairies. So I guess it would just be windy. And in the summer, it's just very smoky from all the trees that are on fire. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading an article the other day. You remember that massive snowstorm that hit all of Ontario in the middle of January? Like it shut everything down for a day. Yeah. So it probably was like three times as worse for you. But actually, it wasn't. We didn't have any of that stuff. (laughs) It was really funny. There was a report that (laughs) Toronto was so unprepared for this storm that it cost nearly 17 million dollars to dig it out. Like the city was shut down for two days. Was that um, how much of that was Doug Ford's salary for him to go and uh, shovel some cars out of the streets? Man, just that, just that tiny little shovel. I still, man, that's the hero we needed, not the hero <laughs> we wanted. I know. The hero we needed. Speaking of heroes, let's uh, let's jump right in and uh, talk about our our friends at Humble. This is obviously not an advertisement because we don't actually work with Humble, nor are we friends with them. And by the time you listen to this episode, it's going to be too late. Yes, but it was something we discovered in between (laughs) shows. Um, But wow, it is quite the incredible initiative. What I'm talking about is the Humble Humble Bundle. And I believe it was called Stand with Ukraine. The Stand with Ukraine Bundle. Yes. Now, it has at this uh, time of recording, it has raised... $22,819,837. Yeah. That's a lot of money considering the lowest you had to pay was 5631 to get 125 games. No, no, 5131. 5631 is just kind of like the you're being nice, but 5131, $4 or $5 less is, uh, is the bare minimum to get. 125 items not 125 games there's items because this is kind of cool this collection has um a little bit of something for everyone there are 3d stl like there's 3d models for printing for tabletop games which i thought was pretty cool there's some there's a music maker well it's called music maker which is the company 
that yeah. makes it, but it's like a audio recording thing. There's a PDF suite. There is uh, digital assets for um, what is it? It's uh, the Unreal, one of the Unreal uh, or Unity. That's what it is. Uh, there is a there's bunch some of VR games too, eh? Yeah, there's some VR games on there. There's a bunch of comic books. There's some D and D campaign books, or like, uh, sorry, tabletop RPGs, not D and D. There's Pathfinder, uh, Core Rulebook, Starfinder, Warhammer, uh, and then like a ton of games. A lot of the smaller indie games, but a lot of games that uh, are actually really good. Uh, Did you talk? I, f- uh, I don't know if you got it or not, but the Unity Developer 3D course complete. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I did not mention that, but yeah, like there's a ton of stuff. Like, so if you're into tabletop stuff, there's, there's things for that. There's, if you're into comics, there's things for that. If you're into video games, there's a shit ton of stuff for that. Um, some like really notable new games, primarily back for blood. Mind you back for blood. Didn't have the best launch. It, you know, it, it was uh, super hyped, but I don't think it lived up to the hype. But still, the fact that it's in here and uh, Metro Exodus, you know, that's the enhanced edition on PC. So if you have a RTX video card, you can get ray tracing on there. It's, it looks great. But Spiral you're, ra- you're sleeping on Xbox um, One launch title Sunset Overdrive. Actually, yeah, that is that is true. But <laughs> Max <laughs> Max Payne three is on there, you know. Fable Anniversary, Quantum Breaks, a lot of those are on uh, on uh, Game Pass already. But that's not that's not the point, right? Like, um, there's there are a lot of people that are just PC gamers that don't have Game Pass for PC because they just don't see the the value in it, right? Yeah, it's um, um, the one thing great- I was gonna say too is some of them are not redeemable through Steam, if you noticed, which is also interesting. Only um, a few, actually. Max Payne is through Rockstar. So it took a lot of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm impressed. Some, yeah. Like, so I kind of thought about it. It's like, oh, like, well, you know, I can play Fable. I can, I have Quantum Break. I have Sunset Overdrive. I have Max Payne 3. I technically have Back for Blood because it's on Game Pass. I have Metro Exodus. But going through all the other stuff, like, uh, Endless Space 2, that's a, a space, not a space sim, but like a real-time strategy uh, or, a, sorry, turn-based strategy like spacing. Kerbal Space Program. That game usually only goes on sale for about like 25 bucks anyways. Um, there's all the Amnesia games, which I have those already, but there's a ton of stuff in this, in this uh, bundle that either I've been on the fence about purchasing at some point, even when it's on sale, right? Or that I just never really thought of but and it looks kind of cool so i figured hey you know what for 50 bucks that's uh way more entertainment than i could uh consume in one year yeah the one thing that i loved about this and i i didn't make any adjustments but people could is when you do when you choose your donation type you can actually adjust um the the initiative in which you want to donate to so some people just kept it even like myself and it went to like one of four groups so it was like uh rasm for ukraine the international rescue committee international medical corps and direct relief to the country itself that's pretty sweet i'm i'm Mm. very impressed with humble like humble has done some really cool stuff lately 
I understand why they're so popular. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that this, there's one big difference for this one. So a lot of the other humble bundles that they release, yes, money goes to charity, but there's also a divide. So some of that money goes to humble itself to run the website and everything. Some of the money goes to the developers and then some of it goes to charities. Whereas this case, 100% of all the donations go to the charities. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is like a lot of people here give like there's, there's a leaderboard at the bottom. Someone donated are Olga and John. I don't know who they are, but Olga and John, you guys are great. Cause you guys donated 10,000 us dollars. Kristen and Jeff donated 10,000 US dollars. Michael Williams, whoever you are out there, 2,500 US dollars, right? Like, uh, my name's never going to be on here because I'm not, uh, I don't have did that much Did you do money. the 5131? Uh, I think I did the, the av- I think I did the highlighted one. It was like 56, yeah. Yeah, I did the average one as well. I mean, it's it's what you can give. And most gamers, including like people I shared this link with, looked at it as like, holy crap, what an amazing deal. And people mm-hmm. like, I know one person who spent, I think they put, did the 66 or something. So it just really depends on what your situation is, what you're comfortable yeah. with. And it's, now, it's mind okay. You, I did donate to the uh, Red Cross, Canadian Red Cross, um, back a little while ago because uh, the Canadian government is uh, matching all donations to the Canadian Red Cross for uh, support of Ukraine. Up to, I think it's like $10 million. So I, that's, my a, that's don- really good. Yeah. So, like, I figured, okay, well, I can't give much, but my donation was essentially doubled. Um, you know, the little things. That's what we can do. Right. Yeah. And we, also, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I am building a new computer. So <laughs> I'm super psyched. I'm going to have a shit ton of new games to play on with that. Nice. My, my, my dream will be when my Steam Deck arrives sometime in October. I'll have something to play all these games on and just toss it in my bag and like maybe play a round of 2K21 while I'm at work or Car Mechanics yeah. Simulator 2018. Yeah. A little out of date, but who cares? <laughs> hey, you know what the thing is, is cars are still around from 2018. I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. I think it's really cool, but... That is that. Um, have you watched anything this week? I know you were talking about possibly seeing. Um, what's that? Is it, it's not called Seeing Red, the panda movie. What is that called? Turning Red. Turning yeah. Red. It was either Turning Red or the Adam Project. I know you watched the Adam Project. I did, but I'll let you go first. I wanted to watch the Adam Project, but that will probably have to be a this weekend thing. Uh, she who shall not be named really wanted to watch uh, Turning Red. Uh, it was good. It, I'm assuming she was your Korean source last week. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was pretty good. Now, did I think it's or do I think it's as good as some of the other Pixar films? No, but I think part of what people will really enjoy about this movie, or or I sorry, people will enjoy this movie more if they can relate directly to it. Um, I think that's what really stood out about this this one is that so the story does uh, follow a 13 year old uh, Chinese girl who is trying to kind of find her way in the world and become independent from, uh, you know, kind of like her mother's control. And uh, 
it's it's a good story. There's a lot of humor in it. Um and there was just some things that I like she who shall not be named thought it was really funny. Um I think cuz she could really relate to a lot of things. Um and then it was very emotional for her near the end. There was a few tears that were uh tears that were falling. Uh, she'll kill me if uh, she ever hears this episode because she'll be like, don't talk about me. Uh, <laughs> Do you want but, me to call uh, her later and be like, hey, are you feeling yeah. okay? <laughs> no, it, it was good, though. I think uh, this is something for if if you grew up, if well, if you grew up in a traditional Asian family where you uh, have parents that are controlling, for lack of better words, I think uh, you'll you'll be able to relate to it. Now, from my point of view, it was really cool to see all like the early 2000 Toronto things. That's what a lot of people like. It's a big hit in the community. But, yeah. Here, both, both, I guess, Korean, Chinese, and just like the whole Toronto community in general. Yeah. But there's also that little controversy that's still kind of happening and people yeah. have kind of let it go. Yeah. I don't know if like, I don't know the, the, how, how it is in Korea. Um, but I, Ange- or, oh no, I almost said the name. Oh. <laughs> um, she did tell me or point out the controversial scene in that movie. And it was uh, when there is, it was kind of like a history lesson of like, oh, they were talking about the, their ancient ancestors and, and uh, the traditional dresses that they were wearing were, were more Korean style than it was Chinese style and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, the Daisy Mart's in there. Nice. And was are there, did you, are there Daisy Mart's around still? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think they all maybe? switched as like circle K. Yeah. The other big one too. It, it was a Pixar. Yeah. Yes. So did, did you see the staples like the, the planet pizza truck? Uh, I, Oh wait, was it Pixar? I thought it was. I thought it was too, but that wasn't in there. At least I didn't see it. Um, I think it, it is Pixar. Pixar. Yeah. I think because this one is more, um, I don't know, more of a true to life story rather than um, a fictionist one. I didn't see the Pizza Planet thing in there. Um, so it's there. It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, let me see. Can I Google well, it? So the Pizza, Pizza Planet, Planet vehicle has appeared in every single Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. It's in there. As well as the... You probably would have seen it as a license plate, but it would have been like the A113. No, it's a full-on truck. No, no. I'm saying like the... Um, I think it's called A113 Pixar. And what that Easter egg is, is it's essentially the original animation room. <laughs> from the original oh, Pixar yeah, yeah. studios, but it's always a license plate or something. And when these movies come out, I love watching the Easter egg finders when they happen. One of my favorite ones that they did a lot of good work one on was onward. Do you remember that one? The dungeons and dragons kind of mythical one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just discovered an Easter egg the other day. Thanks to TikTok, which reminds me you're a bad friend, but we'll get into that in a second. I watch them all when you send them to me. You'd never respond or send me videos there (laughs) back. I just, I was like, Oh my God, there's like 10 videos here. This guy sucks. Click. Um, anyways, in onward, 
when he has all the little characters for his Dungeons and Dragons game on the table, there's a little cloaked man. And TikTok has told me that that is Bruno from Encanto because Pixar does this thing where not only do they nod a lot of their old characters and you see like lots of pictures of Sully and different things and nods to cowboy hats, but they always tease a character coming up in a film Mm -hmm. in the next movie. So you see the clownfish in Boo's bedroom in Monsters, Inc. You see Lotso Bear in Up in uh carl's bedroom i believe or no carl's wife's bedroom when they were like younger so mm-hmm. you see all these things and bruno came out in encanto two years later and he was just in the movie and i thought that was really cool that they already had that like planted in there that's these guys blow my mind unless you know we're just looking too much into it and they're just like okay uh what character can we or what background character can we take from this movie and make a movie around it? <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're like well, well in advance. Right? I know they probably have the next like 15 movies already planned out. Oh, I'm going to go on some Pixar hunts. There's this whole thing uh, on YouTube. I'm going to try and find it for you guys. Um, and I'll, I'll post it, but it's uh, it's essentially how all the Pixar movies are connected and how Boo is in the center of the whole thing. So I think it's Brave, like in that hut, there's the old lady is Boo and she travels through a door that Sully opened and that's how she ends up back in that time. There's this whole thing. It's crazy, but apparently huh. the Pixar theory is all... Movies are connected. That movie, the complete Pixar theory was published by the Super Carlin Brothers in 2019. Check it out. It is a phenomenal watch. It's very, very good. Interesting. As was The Atom Project, which was surprising a little. Yeah, how so? I thought Netflix was going to do kind of what they did with Six Underground and Ryan Reynolds, which I enjoyed that movie, don't get me wrong, but the first third of the movie kind of made no sense. And then they were like, oh yeah, we're all pretending to be dead and we're taking this guy out with the Adam project. It's a different take on time travel. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like the tomorrow war, which as we all know is one of David's favorite movies. Fucking hate that movie. The (laughs) interesting thing to me is the amount of star power this movie used and how well they used it. How amazing the the kid was the chemistry between him and Ryan Reynolds was phenomenal. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds gets away with being his kind of like sarcastic witty self, but in this film it worked. It wasn't nearly as like as edgy as Wade Wilson or as perky as free guy, but it also had, it was directed by the same guy who did free guys. So it kind of mm, okay. had the, a similar feel. Yeah. But the characters weren't you like overused or abused, and like they had a lot of Disney power in that movie too, right? Like four A-listers in this film: Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Zoe Saldana, and Ryan Reynolds. Mark Ruffalo's in there. Yeah, huh. it's it's something to watch. I it's so hard to talk about without spoiling kind of what happens. Yeah, don't talk about it. It's just give it a watch. It's it's very enjoyable. I'd love to hear your take next week when we when we go over the movie. But it it was it was it was refreshing. Some of uh 
some of the nods in the film were pretty good as well. Like there's a little bit of like little hat tips to other films. Oh yeah. Uh, a little star Wars at one point too, maybe twice actually. So what year does the movie take place in? Like it, the kid is in like modern times, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's like reference, I believe, to 1985. Hmm. So it kind of does it does some uh, some time jumping, if you will. Yeah. But overall, pretty decent movie. Now, before we get into games, David also got dealt some other good news this week. There won't be a second season of Wandavision. Good news, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that was incredibly well played. Good on you. Yeah. I'm oh, like, I'm not great. surprised. Because I'm not surprised either. Honestly, it, it was a one off. But the thing that I still am kind of having a hard time coming to grips with with it. And I know we talked about it in our like SOS group chat today. The the show didn't get to do what it really wanted to do. Like it still had a pretty cool story it did have some really low dry spots but they didn't get to utilize the commercials the way they wanted to they had to edit out that the part at the end of doc or uh wandavision where dr strange is clearly coming over the mountains because eagle-eyed viewers found the blur they were like oh that shadow doesn't make any sense okay maybe it's just some some trickery nope re-edited it in he's fine hmm. And then they actually re-added it to the end so you actually see it. But because of the timing of the pandemic and when it was supposed to release, and like, technically speaking, we should have already seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We should have also seen Spider-Man. Black Widow was a lot later than it was supposed to be as well. So it's it's unfortunate for timing reasons why that but happened. But why was... But everything was just delayed. Like everything was just pushed back. Why would they need to remove, you know, Doctor Strange from WandaVision in general? Or did the order of release get mixed up? I think that's what happened. Just like Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm, okay. there was that whole thing with uh, what what is her name, Elaine's uh, Julia Dreyfus or Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, her character goes on this like recruiting spree, right? And then she. Mm-hmm also has that scene at the end with uh, Yelena who yeah. is the black widow sister. Like everything just kind of got jumbled and it's, it's too bad for them in that regard. But I also didn't expect a second season. I don't expect a second season of Falcon and the winter soldier. I expect a second season of Loki because you, there's no rules when you're doing a full time travel show. Well, here's the thing, though, is I think with WandaVision, it was their first uh, official Disney Marvel uh, attempt in a television series. Right. And we almost got away with not having to talk about those original ones ever again. (laughs) Um, And then they came out with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they were finding their groove with that. and then Loki came out, and I think they knocked it out of the park. But because WandaVision, and I know that uh, you think, I, well, I do hate it. I think it's, 
I would never watch it again. It is not um, thinking if you've declared it. <laughs> but I think that the the response to WandaVision was significantly more divided than say Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then less so Loki and then so on and so forth, right? So you know when things aren't going to get all the draw the viewers in and and it's not going to hit the metrics that Disney that the House of Mouse is expecting, you know, it's it's not a surprise that they're not doing a second season. But also the way that it ended and also how I guess it's kind of like a trailer at the end of the credits of Spider-Man. It's going to directly link and connect into um what's the one with uh what <laughs> what's Doctor the Strange? Doctor Strange. So with Doctor Strange being released so soon, actually what is it come out next month? Yep, May. I'm so excited. Okay, so yeah, well we're in March. So be in a, a month and a half roughly. Uh it's they would have they would be releasing a TV series that is taking place either before Doctor Strange or during or after. Well, I guess that's really the only three options. But um, if they were to do it before, then it kind of messes up and it would be just more confusing, I think, yeah, for the viewer. Wasn't Hawkeye also like supposed to be a lot sooner because it was supposed to like coincide with Spider-Man and they were both supposed to release like the Christmas before or something? I believe so. I think Hawkeye was... Well, Hawkeye was a Christmas movie, or sorry, a Christmas themed series. Yeah. Right? Because it took place like right around Christmas. And then I think, um, I think Spider Man was supposed to take place just after that. Yeah. So the original release date for Doctor Strange was supposed to be November 2021. WandaVision came out in the summer. That would have made a ton more sense. Mm hmm. Like, now you're almost a year later, right? Like it's wait. So not... hold on. WandaVision was supposed to come out in the summer of 2021 or the summer of WandaVision came out last year. Did yeah, it yeah. yeah. And it Dr. No, Strange it was, was 2020. Originally... Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought so. No way. No. Oh, no... sorry. It came out in January of 2021. So yeah. So as. Yeah, it finished in March. That's why. Yeah, but it was right. always like now it just seems like a year later and we're like, oh, I guess we finally get a a taste of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's it is unfortunate that we had to wait so long for Doctor Strange for the new movie, because I think I think the impact that they were trying to have with WandaVision won't be as significant now that Doctor Strange came out a year and a half later. Yeah, and it's, it's like even even losing that ability and changing the story so it wasn't Doctor Strange talking to her. Like they just removed him from the show, right? Like that mm -hmm. uh, like what indicator do you have throughout the entire series that that is Strange trying to communicate with her? You don't. Mm -hmm. So it's it's interesting. But I digress. Do you want to talk about some games? Um, which one? Uh, 
Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, that's what we need. We need like a a Mario. Hold on, I have the closest uh, Mario sound here. He's so cool. No, he's not in this game. <laughs> um, have you tried the speed pass? Uh, I did. I played through the first. I don't even know what the the cup one is, but I played the, through the first one of the selection that was released. So the one with Choco Mountain and and uh, all the other ones. Yeah, the um, the Paris one. Now that one was cool. The the one that changed every time you went around the track. Yeah, that was so neat. it cha- It doesn't change every time you go around the track. It changes in the last, lap. like the third lap, which I thought that was crazy. My mind was blown. Uh, wait till that's you like play a cons- Tokyo. I, I can only imagine. Um, and it's, I'm just thinking, like, why did it take so long for them to do this? Right? Like, it just makes so much sense. But, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on it? I know that you were. I thought they were fun. I um, thought some of them could have looked better. Look, I understand that we're talking about a Nintendo Switch title. And we're talking about a title that people are fed up with. And I might be with the people here. I think that... Okay. I'm going to level with you. I think this is an incredible money grab. Because Nintendo doesn't have a plan for a Mario Kart 10 or 9 or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Uh, I guess it would be 9 the end of the day you notice they had the release dates for all of the cups up and now they're gone i can't find them anywhere on the internet all right yeah but this is supposed to be a launch over the next six months i think right so it's going to be like eight cups over six months yeah and they released what they released four cups right now two cups was it two okay well you can you can view all of them all the cups but the but they didn't they didn't introduce new characters to my knowledge they didn't add a vehicle although i'm pretty sure i hadn't seen the like the jeep thing i might be just mistaken um is is this going to lead up to an announcement this summer being like hey we're releasing a new game probably not i desperately was hoping for it and you can see with the effort they put into these tracks, like Chuckle Mountain sucked. It, yeah, it was, I was not difficult. Like I remember that was a sweaty, sweaty map when you played it on the Nintendo 64 with your friends. Yeah. Like it's just, these ones are so easy. The tour maps, they're refreshing because I've never played them. But that, that's fair. Coconut Mall. The toad track, I'm pretty sure they dumbed down as well. It's just like I'm I'm very fortunate that I have the 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 expansion pack so I can experience this content. But don't go out and buy the DLC. If you're gonna buy the DLC, buy the expansion pack and get more for your money. I'm I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. This, this I think- is like I think if this came out during the the height of like the early years of the Nintendo Switch, it would be worth it. 
right? Like to, to purchase it because uh, back in 2000 and what, 15 or 2017. So long ago. No, 2015 uh, when the switch released and Mario Kart eight was the only game. One of the only games that you could get people were playing that or um, breath of the wild. Right, like if they had have worked on this uh, DLC pack for even like the first year or two year window of uh, the Nintendo Switch, it would be way more worth it because you have this game that has been out already for so long that people have played to death, and then you were you're re releasing it the exact same game with yeah sure it came with like the original DLC packs in there. But it was the same game. So now this game has been out for, I think it came out originally on the Nintendo, like on the Wii U. I think it originally came out on 2012. Mario Kart. Something like that. So so you have this game that came out forever ago, though. And now in 2022, they're releasing DLCs. Like, guys, you could focus on building a new Mario Kart game and actually update the mechanics and stuff like that and throw these maps in there, right? Like have this set up as a DLC pack for Mario Kart nine. Right. But uh, I don't know. Nintendo always does things that don't make really much sense. I can't find the release date, which makes no sense to me because this is saying 2014. Was it released at the end of the life cycle? Uh yeah, yeah May 29th, yeah, 2014. Yep. Dude, that's a long time. And now you're just starting to support it? Okay, like is your cash cow Super Smash Brothers that dead? Well, yeah, because you you've well, cut yeah, it off. Because they're not releasing anything more for it, right? So this is what your plan was. Like, I understand there's rumors, or is I guess it's rumblings out there that they're going to be doing the same thing with Mario Party Superstars? Don't. I wanted you to. I wanted a few more maps. I want more than like friggin' eight playable characters. If we're mm-hmm. if we're doing this, let's do this, right? But add stuff. When you added the original DLC to the Wii U version of Mario Kart 8, you had an update that included, I believe, the Squidlings, the animal um it was isabella and villager you got link you got captain falcon's vehicle or like his ship like and you got a Merce- like three different mercedes benz right because there was some weird cross promotion between nintendo and mercedes that's awesome mm-hmm. why don't we have that now what why you know uh, maybe, maybe because there might be too much controversy behind it nowadays. I don't know. Okay, could you imagine if they if they uh, released like a Tesla? Right, people would probably like freak out, like, "Oh my god, they're releasing a Tesla in Mario Kart." Elon Musk is evil. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they would sound like. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's they should just be releasing a new game. In general, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. Um, or, hey, maybe we could be completely wrong and Nintendo is going to release uh, the successor to the Nintendo Switch. And uh, there will be Mario Kart 9 on that and it will blow our minds. We can only hope. Yeah, we can only hope. 
Um, speaking of uh, speaking of blowing minds, uh, there was another. <laughs> there's, there's another big announcement. You know, the last time you played that song was the last time I thought I'd ever hear that song. But at least it's not the other song that you like to play that gets into my head for days at a time. Yeah, don't worry. I won't play that just yet. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, there's a new Ghostbusters game that was announced. And it looks cool. It does actually look pretty cool. You could say it looks (laughs) busting. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And the opening of the trailer has some familiar faces. You see Winston kind of running the Ghostbusters headquarters, which makes me believe just by the grays in his hair and how successful he looks. This is following the last movie. This is after Afterlife. Mm -hmm. Because we also see Venkman. Almost instantly after. Whoa. What's his name? Dan Aykroyd's character. Ray. In In his magic shop. What? Sweet. So this is following canon. This game is going to be part of the Ghostbusters canon universe, I'd assume. But the yeah, best well, part of it, it is you can why bust ghosts with your buddies. Well, and that's what's cool about this one. It's like, so the original Ghostbusters game with the original cast, uh, that game was a, a ton of fun, but you you played some what, like new new recruit. And you're following along with them. Um, and that was a ton of fun because it it did make you feel connected to the characters and the movies and stuff like that. Um, but this one is more of a f- four-player, first-person co-op. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. Now, hopefully it's not just like the same because in the trailer they only showed what like three or four different ghosts that you could capture yep hopefully there's more than that um but one cool thing that they did show was the ability to play as a ghost yeah yeah that looked kind of cool the other thing that i kind of do you get like a weird state of decay vibe from it like no I, I don't <laughs> what know. What do you mean? Rewatching the beginning of that trailer and like it's specifically panning over parts of the the shop. I wonder if you get to kind of develop your own ghost busting. Okay, yeah, like uh, team uh, install upgrades and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, like these are very specific things that we've seen in other games, but you to an untrained eye. Or to one that's watched many video game trailers, you start to see mechanics being kind of like trickle announced or teased. Mm-hmm. Trickle announced. Wow, Sean, I you think just I think the uh, term is called trillnounced. 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 Little tiny doses of an announcement. Uh, 
if anything, like when games say like, oh, you can build your your base and upgrade and customize to your desire, it's usually just things like, okay, well, we've designed this base that has nothing, and when you get enough in-game credits, you can unlock this thing. Maybe you could uh, choose where it goes, but it's everything's preset, right? It's and and that's just fundamentally how the games are. But uh, I think it would be cool if instead of just being like, okay, we're going in this place to capture this one ghost, and that's the mission. Yeah. If there was multiple types of ghosts in each area but you have to upgrade and you have to level up your equipment and unlock new stuff to be able to capture more powerful ghosts so early on in the game you have to just you can only defend against some of these more powerful ghosts uh but then later in the game as you've upgraded and unlocked stuff then you can go back there and try and capture those those other ones right so and and it would be cool if the ghosts that you capture once you capture them you can play it so that they're no longer in that level. My guess is that it won't be anything like that, but uh, (laughs) that would make it at least more like it would bring the world to life a little bit more, right? Saying that instead of just going back to the same, playing the same level and catching the same ghost over and over again, like you feel like you're actually making progress and you're, you're doing something. Which is why I all of a sudden think it's going to be like, like state of decay. Like you travel around New York city, you go to libraries, you go to whatever. And as you get stronger, you can do other things, you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. That's that, that is a possibility or it'd be cool if it was like, uh, maybe less, like less state of decay, more, uh, shit. What's the one, uh, the division, the division, yeah, but the divi- the division was interesting because you there was like twenty five levels that you had to do, and then you could go to the dark zone, which was also kind of neat. Mm-hmm. The division two was terrible. Well, I did you ever really it. play it? Yeah, I played quite a bit of it actually. Oh. Uh, we bought it when it was four dollars because mm-hmm. Ubisoft fucked up, and it was a great experience for about two gameplay sessions. I don't think we ever really got into the same game, though. Um, I don't actually think we did. I don't think we no. played together at all. Yeah, anyways, there's no uh, release date yet for... Uh, what's it called? Ghostbusters... What's it called? Ghostbusters uh, um, Spirits Unleashed. Now, let me ask you a question. It's an important question. Would you pre-order this game? Well, Jean... You know how I feel about uh, pre-orders, right? Picking up strangers. Oh, let me tell you about the dangers. If you don't like taking chances, then you better keep moving on, my friend. Oh, I got it in. <laughs> Thank you for listening and have a great night. No. Uh, Gone are the days feeling- of excitement. I have a feeling that like the pre-order, at least for um, Ghostbusters, what's it called? Shit, I keep forgetting. Ghostbusters Spirit World, Spirits Unleashed. Um, I have a feeling that that might come out as some sort of like free-to-play game. 
I feel like it has that look of a free to play game. Um, if it isn't, I'd be pleasantly surprised for sure. But um, I don't really like to pre-order games, except for one, one game I must pre-order. One the, game to rule them all. The the one game so hard to pre-order that you can't pre-order it. Shit, it was so difficult to pre-order. And friends, the game that we're talking about is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. So. I'm thinking I'm just going to do what I told you originally because I'm able to get the, I'm so torn because I want the DLC. Sorry. So (laughs) long story short, you can't get for whatever reason, the Xbox version is the most popular version of this game to get on deluxe edition. The only way to get all the free DLC, including the Mandalorian. And what was the other one that's included? Force Awakens? Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Uh, is if you have the deluxe edition, because why the hell would you pay for more, right? So that and you get a tiny little X-Wing and another Carbonite Han Solo, because we need all of those. But the unfortunate part about it is you can't get it anywhere unless you apparently order it from a certain store's website, those bastards. Well, here's the thing, though, is, is with a lot of online retailers that also have box stores, brick and mortar stores, they will have a set allotment for their online store versus a set allotment of something for their retail stores. Mm -hmm. Um, Their online store, it's open to everyone, right? Like across the country, whereas you go to your individual store and they're only being allotted X number of copies of this game in the deluxe edition. And they're not going to get any more unless they get some extras. And I think for the most part, a lot of uh, retailers will a lot more uh, inventory to their online store just because there's less overhead required to have that. Like it just all comes to one place. They don't have to worry about getting it to their main warehouse and then shipping it off to an individual store. Yeah. Now things like uh, what doesn't make sense though is on Amazon, same thing. Uh, the only, uh, what was it? Uh, the PS5 version of the Deluxe Edition was in stock. It seems like you could get the Deluxe Edition of Skywalker Saga for PS5 everywhere, but the Xbox version, you can't. Um, and I was just perusing the internet one night, mm-hmm. browsing the Reddit, and then I was thinking, oh, shit, I should see if uh, GameStop or Amazon or Best Buy has got uh, pre-orders open for the Deluxe Edition if they came in stock. And to my surprise, uh, GameStop had, had it in. And now I'm not one. I don't really like ordering from GameStop just because they're so slow to ship. Like the game's going to come out on like, what, April 5th? Yeah. which And I'm, I'm not going to get it until like the following week. That sucks. But yeah, because I you, do get it's a, a tiny two-day X-wing. turnaround. But yeah, I really yeah. want the tiny X-wing as well. But I've also I'm just more mad about the code. That's all I care about, really. And I was gonna do the the sneaky thing, um, where I was gonna just pre-order it for the Switch and take it. But if the download code won't work, then why would I do that? Hmm. Yeah. Well, the the code would be the code would be uh platform specific unless they had some sort of thing where it's like oh this is a code that you have to enter online to unlock a code 
for your console. I don't know. I think uh, so. Tell me, why do you want to get it on Switch versus on the Xbox? Because like you have both. Are you trying to shame be- me because I've had this conversation already once this week with you? Well, I still don't really understand it. Okay, so so hold on. So these are my questions. You have both the Xbox and the Switch. I understand that you have controllers for both. If you want to play it with your significant other, you're going to be sitting on the couch playing it on the TV. You right? bring up a very logical and sound argument, David. And I thank you for it. <laughs> However, my other half might get confused with the button layout from one console to the other. You know, the whole BAB thing? Yeah, but you know what you can do? You can go into the Xbox settings. Nope, not and worth change, it, change Mr. I invert mapping. all my controllers because I'm <laughs> You can change button mapping. Here's the other thing. We have a lot of Lego games on the switch. There's something that we've just, we bonded over. They're kind of like the, the, it's like one of the things we do. If we want to play a game, we play Mario games or we play Lego games. Okay. And if it's on the switch, she doesn't have to play with the pro controllers. Like she does have smaller hands and she enjoys playing with the joy con, but we also like, she'll also use, um, the, the switch cradle to kind of play. The um, we bought a fake pro controller. Oh yeah, yeah. With the turbo button, mm-hmm. boy, does that screw up a lot of games if your thumb fl- like slips. <laughs> oh yeah, because there, <laughs> it just presses that button like automatically, you know, a thousand times per second. It's only good for like shooters and stuff like that. Yeah, or like arcade shooters. So but okay, that, so that would the, be the wa- the reason why. However, I also thought about it. I thought about just buying the deluxe version digitally on my Xbox. Getting the pre-order. And we can play. Yeah, yeah. Getting the pre-order on the Switch. Walking out of the store, walking right back in, say, I don't want it. What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. Hear me out. They can't take the toy away from me. It's a bonus. (laughs) It's a bonus. Can they? Can they, though? No, it's a gift with purchase. Have you done this before? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> but this leads me to a, like a bigger question. Are the days of the pre-order bonus kind of gone? Like most things are digital now, right? You get either the digital content, you get cosmetics, you get in sports games, you get coins or pucks or whatever you need. Card packs. Kind of like digital currency. Yeah. Um, speaking of that as well, uh, Fortnite is cool again. Did you see that? Is it? Uh, they got rid of building. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, wow. The download spike for Fortnite is huge right now. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I'm jumping back in. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, tr- maybe I'll try it a little bit, but probably not. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, like, you remember when you would pre-order games back, like for the GameCube or PlayStation 2 or Xbox, and you would get these sweet pre-orders. They'd either be cards, like random ass things that aren't even related to the game. Like they are, but, you know, like postcards or or stickers or patches for your bag or jacket or keychains, posters, like just you, whatever they could think of. And a lot of the times they were just like cheap and you wouldn't use like, I don't like putting stickers on things, but 
damn right I'm going to be getting a pre-order so that I can get a sticker, right? But nowadays, all the pre-order stuff is a lot of cosmetic stuff or, or, you know, they'll say like, oh, get the golden gun, gold armor. But the thing is like a lot of this stuff is it's good for early on in the game, right? But then if it's, say it's an RPG, right? It's usually like a level five or six armor or weapon, but then it's pointless after that, right? Because you're picking stuff up in the world. That's, that's stronger, more valuable, whatever it may be. So I try not to get all excited for pre-order bonuses, but what, what they're doing with this one is it's like full on, um, like DLC levels and stuff like that and characters. Now, are they going to be released separately? Quite possibly, most likely. Yeah, they're going to be hugely delayed from what I understood. Yeah, but as long as they are not um, cheaper than what it costs to buy the, like the added cost to buy the deluxe edition, you're still getting a deal then. Yeah. Right. If it's the same price, that's fine as well because, you know, people bought the regular edition and then they're paying the same price to uh, get the deluxe edition DLC um, and they just get it later. Now, eventually it's going to go on sale, right? Like, uh, what was that one? Uh, Star Wars one? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. I had the regular edition. And I thought the deluxe edition stuff was cool, but it wasn't anything. It was like cosmetic stuff. And then there's a 90 minute documentary on them making the game, which is kind of cool. But it wasn't worth the added, like the extra $20. So I waited until that was on sale. And I think I paid 10 bucks for it because I'm like, you know what? 10 bucks is okay because like some of this cosmetic stuff is cool. And you're essentially paying for like a little mini movie. And I was like watching some of these uh, documentaries about, you know, making some of these games and stuff like that. Cause it's a cool little, uh, it's a cool little thing that I never really learned how to do make video games, but yeah. like you, you pre-ordered, uh, what was that? Dying light too. Didn't you? Yeah. And then I canceled that shit. And you canceled it, was- it. But so why did you pre-order dying light too? Like, what was it about that game that you're like, you know what? I need to pre-order this game so that I can have it like on launch uh, as opposed to just buying it the day that it came out. Honestly, it was just the, the cosmetics that you got for free. You got some cosmetics and you got some advantages, which I mean, in hindsight, it's not an online game. So why would I want advantages? Right. Um, like I, I can understand if there is like cosmetic pre-orders that literally were just cosmetic and in no way needs to be replaced by anything else in the game. Right. So you could technically wear this cosmetic thing for the entire duration of the game if you wanted. Right. But it makes more sense in online games where you're interacting with other people, uh, where people can see like you can show off like, Oh, Hey, I spent an extra $20 in you and I got the deluxe edition of this. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing for me now is we'll use dying light as a prime example, or we could even use Skywalker. If I didn't want the X wing, 
why would I wait till nine o'clock in the morning the next day when I can download it at midnight the night before? And it's the same price. There's right? no discount for digital versus physical. But unless I'm getting a, a like a tangible item in my hand that I want or there, there's a piece that I want to collect. Like mm-hmm. when I pre-ordered Fallout 4 and I got the Pip-Boy. Or the Stick of Truth. And I got Cartman in a wizard's hat and a staff. Mm-hmm. Those things are like, I like those things. Those are cool items to me. They might not be cool to everybody, but they're cool to me. But you pay for that kind of pre-order experience, right? Yeah. And and those things are substantial. Those are items that required a significant amount of manufacturing and design behind. Whereas yeah. I'm not saying that like there's not a significant amount of design time and time taken to create a cosmetic item, but from conception to actually producing the product, cosmetic items, those are a super easy and cheap way to get extra content for a game that you can just sell as a pre-order bonus. Yeah, I and think you can't return pre-order bonuses that are digital. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Oh, do really? You, do you remember that? <laughs> do you remember that happened to me? No. What? Let me, uh, let me, we got to get the Scooby-Doo time machine sound back. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when I got Vault 76 and I'm like a huge Fallout fanboy? Do you remember the original launch of that game? You mean Fallout 76? Yeah. What did I say? Vault 76? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Because I think that's now what the, the DLC is called for. Like I redownloaded it the other day because I wanted to try it again. Yeah. Apparently they fixed the game. That launch was so bad. And I bought the like $130 tricentennial edition. I was super stoked. Mm-hmm. You got some DLC. You got the first year seasons pass with it, which is also a huge, huge market for pre-orders mm-hmm. seasons passes. I tried to return it within my like first six days. I was like, this game is broken as fuck. This sucks. Yeah, we can give you $89.99 back or $79.99 at the time. I was like, excuse me, I spent $130. They're like, yeah, but there's no proof that you didn't use the DLC. Now, is this a GameStop thing? Yes, we got to stop saying their name. Can we come up with a cool name for them? That is like derogatory, but funny. Um, The poop store? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a different store. (laughs) I don't I don't want to say their name because I don't want to give them business if I don't have to. Well, if we're if we're telling that talking about their shitty business practices, it's not going to make people want to This run is a out PSA there. for all the seen on screen listeners. Listen up. This is a PSA for all the seen on screen listeners. Listen up. GameStop sucks. They're terrible to their employees. They don't care about customers. They suck. Some now I will say some are great. I deal with one because it's out of necessity and the people there are pretty cool. Yeah. But I'd rather like, I also have a Walmart and a Best Buy in my area. If I need something physical, mm-hmm. the See, I don't, bonuses I don't have much of anything me. around me. So when I saw that they were the only place that had the digital or not the digital, the deluxe edition of Skywalker saga for Xbox, you know, I, I had to kind of go for it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep checking Amazon or Best Buy if to see if they have it in stock because I would rather buy from one of those those companies. 
and I know Amazon is it's a whole other thing. There's this big evil company as well, but we can't deny that they are super convenient. <laughs> um, I just have not had the best luck with with GameStop in the past, just like a lot of people. Um, so, but here's the thing also, GameStop has the best pre-order bonus for the Skywalker saga. Well, they all second, have the same one. No, 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 no. Best Buy has a steel book case. Is the steel book case carbonite? Yeah, it's on Solo and Carbonate. That's so funny. <laughs> right? So I was kind of like on the fence. Like, do I try and aim for the Best Buy exclusive one? Which um, I would love the tiny X-Wing or um, Star Destroyer. Because it would well, go really well with uh, all of my other Star Wars Lego. But at the same time, I really do like the look of the uh, Steelbook deluxe edition from best buy but pre-order it and then return it the thing is is that there's no best buy around me so i would have to pre-order it and then actually i guess i could do that we're doing an awful lot of advertising for people other than ourselves that we don't like see on the screen podcast listen to us (laughs) real marketing listen to us anyways i think uh long story short i think the age of the pre-order is well it's already slowly it's already already been declining but i think as we go further into the more of these digital releases of games right like where everything is becoming digital and you're going to find where the cost to actually well and also i think we have to take into account the cost of manufacturing and transporting stuff from china where all of this stuff is made just increases so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so imagine, say there was a game. Well, remember last year that uh, big tr- ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal or something like that? Remember yeah, that? The, yeah, the Suez Canal. So imagine there was a uh, <laughs> a game release that had all these big ass pre order bonuses, and they were on like one of those ships. Well, now all of these huge pre order bonuses are are delayed for who knows how long, right? And then you have this game that's supposed to come out and all these people that are pissed because they're not getting their their pre-order bonus of some statue or whatever. And then they cancel because they're angry, right? Like it's, there's so many things that could go wrong. And when it comes to, well, in 2022, it's so easy to lose a customer to somewhere else. Right, like in any aspect of anything, because like there's always more than one option to buy something from somewhere. So, if they can have all pre-order bonuses or whatever it may be, deluxe content all be digital, it saves on the opportunity for some unforeseen circumstance to severely impact the sales of your game. And that's just my two cents. No, no. And you're, you're right. You're bang on. I'm just, I think I'm done with the, the chase of a pre-order unless something is like mind blowing. Like I have to get it. I'm not going to bother anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just no need, especially you heard with, it here, folks. Sean's never going to pre-order another game. Well, like 
I look at the the pile of games that I have on my like on my shelf here. Maybe thirty percent of them I pre-ordered. Some of them there was no reason to pre-order them. I just picked up the game. Like I don't even pre-order Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I just go get like NHL. I do because I play the currency games for like the first three months and then I stop playing. Mm-hmm. Which I is also like a waste it- of money. I think in the past, though, like before everything had digital distribution, even if there wasn't a pre-order bonus for a game, you know, there wasn't a guarantee that the store was going to get hundreds of copies of games. So you needed to pre-order it to secure a copy of the game, especially was if it was the like last a game that that happened to you with. I uh, it was like something on like the PlayStation 2, yeah, was, I think it was called the PlayStation 5. That's what it was. That's the last. <laughs> that is the last thing that was a supply and demand issue, or the Xbox. But we both. But I'm. But it it was a thing during like the, the what the, the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube era. Even some of the uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 um, early stuff before they went uh, a lot of digital distribution on on games. Yeah, like, you'd like re- retail around. Yeah, retailers weren't getting hundreds of copies of games unless it was like a big game like uh, Call of Duty when they knew that they were going to release that. But like, I remember a game, Dirge of Cerberus. It was a Final Fantasy VII kind of spinoff game. Um, it was like a third-person shooter. You played as Vincent, which was pretty cool. But anyways, um, I pre-ordered that game because I think that's one of my favorite characters in that game in Final Fantasy VII. But it wasn't a huge release. So EB games at the time, I remember they only got like two dozen copies of the game for, for release. And then after that, it's just like, okay, well we just have to wait until we get more. So that's more so why you would buy a pre-order of a game that didn't really have any significant um, bonuses. But nowadays there's, there's no point in it. Like the only reason why we're trying to pre-order the, uh, Skywalker saga so that we can get that little Lego set and Lego itself is like freaking expensive anyways. So if it's like, what is it like? It's like ends up being like five cents per piece. Oh, that little, um, I think the size of the X wing is going to be about the size of a controller. So you're looking at about $20 for a Lego. No, it's not going to be the size of the controller. Yeah. I think, I think the X wing will be about the size of a controller. Nah. So, Roughly 11 cents per piece of Lego. And let's see how many pieces are in the, uh, oh, these things are like mini, like these are minis. You like, you know, like the mini figures that, uh, you would find the pieces to in the Lego games. Yeah. That's what it is. So it's not even worth it. It's like, it's all about the DLC. Even that's small. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what, how many pieces is the, uh, Oh, it doesn't even. Oh, 72 pieces <laughs> for the X-Wing. And some of them are going to be the hardest things to put together. Uh, not really. These are all just like small. Oh, uh, 72. For, for those of you uh, that playing your bingo bonus games. is worth approximately $8. Ugh. Eh, that's not too bad. <laughs> the The funny thing about that now more than anything is like. I just want the damn DLC, man. Yeah. For for what it's worth, I might honestly just buy it digitally. Hey, well, you know, if you do, we can uh, rule the galaxy together as father and son. 
I mean, if you didn't want the toy, we could just game share it and spend 50% of the money. No, no, I'm buying this physical. Because you want the toy. Yeah. But I want to go to bed because we are recording way later than we usually do. Our I'm listeners tired. don't know that. Yeah, I know, but I'm telling you that. It's it's <laughs> it's 7 a.m. for some of them who listen to this first thing in the morning when we uh, release. <laughs> or for Friday. our Australian listeners. Um, no, that is it for this one. If you guys, um, have any thoughts about the pre-order stuff, let us know in the comments, let us know on our Instagram, follow us on all your favorite podcatchers for myself and David. Oh, wrong button. No. (laughs) Bustin. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast. Peace.